0: What works with social media? Today, I'll be joined by Janine Cummings, and we're going to talk about live video engagement. How do you create a really loyal tribe and build relationships with live video? Hey, if you want to reach me on Instagram, I'm at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon. So don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Here's Michael's tip of the week. Okay, I am really excited to share this next tip. Have you ever been in a situation where you find yourself going back and forth and back and forth over email or private messages or even in a chat chat? Dialogue inside of like a Google Doc, and you're like, man, the other person just isn't understanding what I'm talking about, or I'm just not understanding what this other person is trying to communicate with me. So here's what we started doing internally at Social Media Examiner we decided to challenge everyone in the company, especially the management team, to begin sending video descriptions, screen captures, if you will of whatever they're sending, especially if it's not something you can digest in mere seconds. And the tool that we finalized on was Screencastify because, frankly, it's free. And it has a really good integration uh, with Google, which we happen to use Google here at Social Media Examiner for pretty much everything, Google Docs. And here's what's amazing about it. You're limited to five minutes per video with the free plan, but it is absolutely, stores it in your local Google Drive So there isn't any of these kind of limits with some of these other tools, for example, that are out there. And we have no affiliation with Screencastify at all. We just absolutely love it because it makes it super easy to describe exactly what you see on the screen. You can turn the video on and off. You can uh, annotate stuff. But the main advantage, whether you use this or something like Loom or anything else for that matter, is to just append a video with any message that you send to anyone if there's even the slightest chance that you think they might not understand what you're saying. And we found that when we started doing this, all of a sudden things got a hundred times more efficient. There was a lot less confusion because you know how this works. When you write something, uh, you may not be as descriptive as you would if you're talking about it. And the big advantage to doing it with a video is that it can be recorded on your convenience and it can be consumed on the other person's convenience. So what this did was this eliminated these needs to constantly get on Skype or to get on one of these other platforms and to talk to the other person. It also eliminated by like huge margins, all the back and forth ridiculousness that normally happens when you send these kinds of messages back and forth. It increased the communication flow. So regardless of what tool you use, and again, we use Screencastify, no affiliation, uh, which is just a Chrome plugin, makes it dirt easy, super simple. Start trying this and start encouraging your team to do this. You will see how much easier it makes your life. And that's my tip of the week. I hope you try it. Let me know if you do. So let's transition over to this week's interview with Janine Cummings. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Janine Cummings. If you don't know who Janine is, she's a live video expert who helps women entrepreneurs grow their business with live video. Her course is called Accelerate Live and her membership is the Boss It Live Academy. Janine, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Michael.
0: Today, Janine and I are going to explore how to create engaging relationships. We all care about engagement with your audience while you're live on social media Now, before we go there, Janine, yes, I'd love to hear your backstory. Like, how in the world did you get into live video? You can start wherever you want to start.
1: Well, um, my story was a case of it wasn't that I got directly into live video. I actually got started with social media, Instagram, in fact, sharing my story where I had actually gone through a really difficult time in my life, the end of a long-term relationship. And I was actually battling a lot of anxiety and depression. And I was trying to find an outlet, a way for me to kind of release how I was actually feeling. And I turned to Instagram with uploading selfies and a motivational message for me to have a place to pour out. But not only that, I wanted to help help and encourage and inspire others who may be going through something similar to what I was going through.
0: How long ago was this just so we have some context and are we talking about like Instagram stories or are you uploading 60 second videos what were you doing you know
1: No this is bit right okay I'm showing my age a little bit here now Michael this was back in the day <laughs> 2014 so this is when Instagram would only allow you to do the 15 second video uploads. I remember back then. Oh, yeah. It's a long time ago. So before I even started doing the videos, I literally was just putting up, you know, these selfies and these messages. And when I Became a lot more confident with doing that. And also watching other creators that were inspiring me, you know, putting up these 15 second videos. There was a creator by the name of Dana Chanel who was amazing at being able to get a really powerful message across in 15 seconds. Mm. So I would watch her and, and see how she did it and try and emulate some of her style. And when I felt confident to do it with my own message, I started uploading these 15 second videos. And Pretty quickly, within, say, maybe about a month or so, I had somebody reach out to me in the DMs. You know, they say it goes down in the DMs. So I had (laughs) the creator uh, and actually a musician and a Bible Bible teacher reach out to me. And I still have the message, Michael, in my inbox to today because it was profound and it was transformative. It literally changed my life. And he said, you know, I found what you had to say in your latest video really insightful, but... Did you know that there is a live streaming platform called Periscope that will allow you longer than 15 seconds to share your message? Now, for me, the first thing that I thought of was, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have my own talk show. That's amazing. So naive. But that was the first thing that I thought of. I thought was Ricky Lake and Oprah Winfrey. And so I immediately, immediately downloaded the app. As a young person, I was I was very interested in. Presenting, and I actually went for a competition in my early twenties with MTV for a show that was called Issue MTV. I didn't make it. Got through the three rounds of the auditions, but you know, got a little spread in the local press. So I was already really interested in that. So downloaded the Periscope app, and I did what a lot of people do, Michael. You know, at the beginning, I lurked. (laughs) I just watched other people, but I was fascinated by this platform, being able to go live and watching creators on the platform, sharing their message. And I loved as well how they were actually navigating the trolls as well, because back then Periscope was known. It, trolls were prolific on the platform.
0: Yeah. And just real quick, for those that don't know Periscope, that's yeah. Twitter's uh, live video platform that they acquired almost immediately out of the gate the moment yeah. Meerkat came out. So you yeah. got there early days, it sounds like, huh?
1: I was one of the early ones. I was there from August 2015, the 7th of August. I downloaded the app watching people and I just was like, oh, this is amazing. But what had actually happened was is that I didn't have an, a show or a theme or anything like that, what I was seeing other people doing, but I really wanted to go live. So, what I started doing was something so, so simple. I would actually go to, uh, when I was on my way to work, I would walk for 15 minutes from the train station to my office and I would go live and I titled the broadcast Walk with Me. So simple, right? So straightforward. Walk with Me. And I would share my unfiltered thoughts with my audience. I would talk to people. I I would, you know, have the engagement, show them around, answer questions. And I realized something very, very quickly. Two things. Number one, I was really good at being able to engage people in a conversation and getting them to speak to me and speak back to them whilst actually delivering my content. And the second thing, I was really good at growing my community. So within the first year of being on the platform, I grew to nearly 22,000 followers, became a gold VIP broadcaster and had many opportunities with Periscope as a result of that. But when I actually started to feel that I was growing a community, I wanted to do something specific. I wanted to have an actual theme or show or something that was I felt more purposeful. And so at that time, L'Oreal were running a campaign called Women of Worth. And it was all about celebrating women within the community for what they were doing and how they were inspiring others. And I thought that that was a really great concept. And so what I did was I decided to start a weekly show every single Wednesday, which was a spin on the whole Woman Crush Wednesday thing. And I would go live at the same time every single Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I would go live for about 10 minutes 15 minutes max talking about a woman within the community the Periscope community who had stood out to me and the reasons why and I would tag her on that actual live stream and so obviously because like you mentioned Michael Periscope was acquired by Twitter so essentially when someone would share that that content that would be a tweet or a retweet and the person that I'd actually tagged on that actual live would then get the notifications and obviously you know if somebody gets a notification that someone has spoken well of them, you know, they're going to really be like, oh my gosh, gush about it. So that's what would happen. You know, I'd get people saying, thank you so much. And then it had a ripple effect where these very same women would then do the same thing. And it just grew. And so I then started a Facebook community uh, called Women of Worth. And I created a collaborative uh, platform whereby, you know, once a week, the community, five to six women from the community would go live on what was called a train past the cast. We would talk on a topic for an, for each person would talk for five minutes over the course of an hour. And the whole point was about, you know, getting people to be confident with video, sharing the platform. So we were all supporting each other because, you know, we know that one of the main reasons why people don't go live is because they feel some people aren't watching them. They're a bit nervous. So I created something that brought people together. And not long after that, I just, loved loved the live live stream live video community I saw that there was something in it and so I created my first course and then I was one day I was actually thinking you know what I'm so sick of my actual job because I was in the corporate rat race and I wanted to do something different and I realized that live video, there was something very powerful with it, and I could do something with it. And so I was home, off recovering from surgery, and I mapped out a plan and prayed about it and thought, you know what, I am going to do this. I'm going to start my own business. And About a month after that, I quit my job and I went live on Facebook to tell the whole world that I had quit my job and that they were going to go on a journey with me and that they had to hold me accountable. And three years later, here I am now with my business, Bossit Live, and absolutely loving what I do with this wonderful tool that is live video.
0: That is such a cool story. Let's talk to the marketers that are listening right now or the entrepreneurs that are listening right now. It sounds like one of the things that really mattered for you was that engagement, that community. So talk to us a little bit about why should we care about engagement when it comes to live video, because so many people maybe just think of it as a broadcast medium. Talk to us a little bit.
1: Okay, so let's talk about it from, you know, the technical viewpoint. So we've got to always be thinking about retention. We've gotta be thinking about how we can actually get our audience to stay connected with our content for longer. We know, Michael, that with the platforms, with algorithms, that it is based upon relevancy. So if you are creating the kind of content that keeps people on the platform engaged, watching for a lot longer, then your content gets shown to a lot more people so we need to make sure that we're remembering that we've got to stay focused on the technical side of things which is I want to keep my audience on my content for as long as possible and I know that if I do that I'm going to be rewarded so we need to make sure that everything is centered around keeping our audience focused now what happens a lot of the time with live video is that you'll see that marketers will go live and they want to get their content out and that's absolutely right. They've got something to share of value. So of course, they're going to focus on getting that content out and right the first time. What happens is, is that a lot of marketers focus on the live viewers. Now that's not a criticism, Michael, at all. You're going live, the word live, live viewers, you're going to be focusing on that. But what we have to remember, a lot of people forget is the power of the replay majority of our views will be on the replay so think about it like this if you go live and you are waiting for live viewers you know you've probably heard that michael that 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 term i'm just gonna wait for a few more people to pop <laughs> yeah, on gosh,
0: You know, i hate that
1: <laughs> again it's not a criticism right it's not a criticism to anybody yeah. who actually does that because like i said totally understand why we are waiting for the live viewers but what people forget is number one there's a short attention span human beings have a shorter attention span than goldfish right now that doesn't mean that we're not intelligent we're just busy we're booked we're busy we've got things to do so if our attention spans are short we've got that short window of time we need to make sure that we're maximizing and if it's the majority of views like i said is the replay what do you need to do you'll see for example so just to give some context so that people you know understand what i'm saying you may go live and at the end of your live you'll see 100 people at the end you'll go and check your stats an hour a day later and you'll see it's a thousand so that's a clear indication that most people are coming back on the replay replay viewers are there with us from the very beginning of our live stream. That's what a lot of marketers actually forget, that as soon as they click into your live stream, they're with you the same time that you pressed go live. So therefore, if you are sitting there, as we would say here in the UK, like white on rice, waiting for live viewers, and that replay viewer has come into your live stream and there's a short window of time and you're waiting... They're off. They're going to be like, I don't have time for this because they will identify on a subconscious level that you're actually not there for them. And remember, everybody wants to know what's in it for them. Everyone's time is precious. Everyone wants to know what the value proposition is for them. So we absolutely must be more focused on the engagement, understanding that it's so important that when we're actually engaging our audience with different processes, and we'll talk about that is that you'll be able to hold their attention for a lot longer. And when you're able to hold their attention for a lot longer, you're able to say what it is that you want to say and get them to buy into it and start building your community and your tribe. So yeah, it's about understanding and remembering the power of the replay. And it's something that I I teach on, I'm very passionate about and and helping marketers to understand from the get-go, you know, you have to have that powerful introduction. You've got to talk as if you are talking to a room full of people, irrespective of whether no one's live, or there's one or two people. Talk like the room is full because the majority of people are coming back and you're more likely to retain their that audience, you're more likely to get them to engage and talk to you. And that's what we are aiming to do.
0: Perfect. So let's talk about the use of story. Okay. How do we use story to activate our community? Talk to me about this.
1: Oh, we absolutely must, must be using storytelling. I love storytelling to activate our community. Think about it like this. So storytelling captivates the audience. This is something from Back in our childhood, you know, once upon a time there was a princess and, you know, you you automatically are captivated. You want to hear the story. You want to hear all the way through to the end. That is what we need to be going for and focusing on. So we need to make storytelling relatable to the topic. So for example, if you are a motivational speaker, and you want to share three tips to help, you know, help your audience get back up mentally when they're faced with challenges in life, for example. So what I would like to do with with something like that, is that I would, after doing my welcome and telling my audience, you know, what the actual topic is about, I'll then relate the actual topic to a story, whether it's my own personal story or it's an example from, for example, a client. So I could say, you know, hey guys, you know we're going to be talking about three tips to help you get back up mentally when you're faced with challenge. How many of you have experienced this in your business? How many of you have been working so hard and then something happens and you feel like you're knocked down? So for those of you that know, you'll know that I like to do long distance running, and then go into the story. So at this point, I'm activating my audience who already are following me and connected with me and and knowing the human behind the brand will know that I do running because I share that on my stories, etc. So it's already, you know, you've made a mental note with them. Okay, yes, we're connected. And then I talk about would talk about an actual story. So the story that I use, and this actually happened to me, was I was out running one day, really, really tired, but wanted to get through my run. So I hit my, you know, my run target, you know, towards my target for the week. And I actually fell over. And, you know, talking about falling over and, and oh, my goodness, I just felt so humiliated so many people around. Can you relate to that? Can you actually relate to that? So you're bringing in an actual story, something that's actually happened to you that's that's relevant to the topic, that helps them to be able to identify with that. So it's really, really powerful because then you can get them into the conversation, get them to engage with you by buying into what you're saying. So me using the example of falling down and feeling humiliated, but getting back up and finishing my run and then feeling really good about it, and then bringing that into the topic. People, it's all about the hook. Your audience will be more captivated when you're actually able to do that. You know, I will use examples with, with clients. I had a, a client call recently and she was talking about the fact that she was, you know, really scared about selling on Instagram. And so I used that as an example when I went live in my Grow With Live video free Facebook community talking about why entrepreneurs or small business owners don't shop and sell as much online. And I use that as an example, you know, as having a, a conversation with my client so it's, it's really effective because ultimately, people want to hear things that they actually relate to, that, that they can identify with. So that's one of my, my things that I like to do. And I encourage my clients to do that as well. So, so, so important in terms of the psychology and getting people to buy into what you're sharing, you know, it, it takes a little bit of practice and I know there might be some people that are listening and saying, well, you know, I haven't got time, you know, to think about stories or I don't have enough things happening in my life, but we are constantly having experiences that relates to our business, our brand, just make a note of it, you know, get your phone, put it in your notes, give, put a little voice diary you'll be able to come back to it and use it at a later stage. I absolutely guarantee you.
0: Well, what's great about stories is time stands still when we're hearing a good story. We lose track. Absolutely. We lose track of what we're doing. We comp- our mind completely zooms in on that story. And what's great about that is that's exactly what you want. Right. If you think about what Janine said earlier, you want those activated because the algorithm is watching. Right. So when you tell a story, those people are watching longer. They're listening to your story and you don't have to tell your story. You can tell somebody else's story. Right. It doesn't matter as long as you tell a story. Right.
1: Absolutely, and you know some of the best marketers are great at storytelling. And you'll be like, "Aha, I get it!" And it just excites you. It ignites something within you when you see something that 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 really resonates with you. And so, you know, it's it's all about making your content relatable to your audience, because when it is relatable, as as your listeners will probably know, then people stay connected with it and inspired by it and remember you and then want to come back when there's another opportunity to connect with you and watch you live again. They'll do that, you know, because storytelling makes people feel good. It makes them feel inspired. And, and everyone likes to know how the story ends. So, you know, if you if you're good at it, you'll keep them all the way through.
0: When you're doing a live video, how much of it is the story? If you had a pie chart, what chunk of it is the story? Do you understand what I'm asking?
1: In terms of timescale, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well- a few minutes. It doesn't have to be and it should never be something that is long, long winded. Okay. You remember, you want to make sure that you're making it relevant to the actual topic. So you give a little bit of time to it, a few minutes and then you can actually dip back to it, reference back to it. It should never be, you know, that you're telling a long story from beginning to end because people will be like, OK, great. When are we getting to the point? Where are we going with this? So you want to have the actual balance. And when you're actually telling the story, you want to make sure that you're throwing it back to the audience, always asking them if they can relate. Can you identify, you know, what are your thoughts about X, Y, and Z to help keep them, you know, going for longer, you know, keep them, retain them for longer, should I say.
0: So you mentioned earlier that it's really important to remember that you're not just communicating to the audience that's there live when you're live, but to the people that watch the playback. However, how can we ask or do engagement techniques with the live community that won't also feel strange to the people that aren't there live? Do you understand what I'm asking? So it's like, is there stuff we can do that will be just as relevant for someone watching it in the recording versus someone watching it live?
1: Um, I think what it is, is that, you know, in terms of of activating both the live and the replay viewers is asking questions that they can actually answer, that they can bounce back and forward off of. I think that, you know, there are times when you actually have to, you definitely 100% have to be focused on, on the live viewers because they're the ones that you're going to be having a conversation with, but also making sure that, you know, you're not alienating the, the replay viewers right. and making things go on too long. So you always make sure that you kind of referencing both of them, if that makes sense. Perfect.
0: So let's talk about those actions. Like what can we do with the live viewers to kind of activate them?
1: Okay. So I like to to, uh, refer to my engagement strategies as calls to comment. So we all know about calls to action, but we have to make sure that we are intentional with getting our audience into the culture of speaking to us. So some of the actions that we should ask, simple actions are just asking them, you know, Explain this to them, number one, how they can actually share, how they can be involved, because sometimes people don't know. You know, you have to give, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, a little bit of an idiot's guide. People need to know if they can and if they should.
0: Give me an example of that.
1: So, for example, you know, you're going live and you, you've you talked about, you've done your opening and saying what you're talking about. And then you'll say you'll invite the audience to share if they want to ask questions. Let's use Instagram for an example. So you'll see all of the little icons that are at the at the bottom of the screen. You'll have the hearts to, to show that they're reacting or they're enjoying the content, the little arrow, the questions icon. Sometimes people don't know how to actually use that. So you would then take the opportunity to say, you know, you know, if you tap on the screen, give hearts and reactions. That just lets me know that you understand the content. Mm. Um, if you feel like this is valuable content, please take the opportunity to share. And you explain to them how to do that. Now, one of the things that I would say is be very careful with the request for sharing. You don't want to go in too heavy and too early and be like share, 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 because it's about again the what's in it for them. People will share content that they think is valuable and that highlights them in a, in a good way and is something is good content. So. I like to make sure that I let my audience know how they can share, but tell them that if they feel that it's valuable content, they can take an opportunity to share. Now, I don't say it as slow as I'm saying it now, because obviously the conversation has to flow, but it is extremely important that you're able to do that. Explain to them how to share, how to ask questions, um, simple things like asking people where they're from and what they do with simple, simple steps. So you don't want to give people too much to think about or too much to do because people don't want to have to type out long responses. So for example, saying, where are you tuning in from? Give me a flag emoji to represent the country you are from. Mm -hmm. And people love to talk about themselves. Give them the opportunity. Remember, it's a conversation. Live video, I want anyone listening to this to remember that yes, it is important to get on and stay on topic to give the value, but you want to be focusing on creating the experience for the audience. What is going to make them feel like they're a part of what's going to make them want to take those actions to tap and give hearts to say, I agree, or to then click on the arrow icon and share it with somebody, you know, what is it that's going to make them want to do that? And it is always going to be coming from the viewpoint of bringing them into the conversation and making and creating that experience, something that they're going to enjoy. So, you know, as I said, it's important to explain how to to share, how to ask their questions uh, when you're talking about specific topics, you know, asking them if they agree, what are their thoughts. And for example, you know, I could be, you know, going live, talking about how to do a power intro. And I could say, so for those of you that are actually listening, how many of you are consistently using live video here on Facebook? If you are going live consistently, let's say three to five times a week, give me a green apple emoji in the comments. If you're not going live consistently, give me a red apple. And if you oh. want to share the reasons why, let me know in the comments, give them the option
0: you could do that with a number too, right? If you wanted to like one or two, right? If people you if, can do
1: one or two, yeah. you can do a hashtag. Yes. Hashtag no. But you want to do something. If you're going to choose a word, something that's, that's simple, but it's a little bit stands out a little bit more rather than yes or no. Hmm. Because again, it is about making sure that you're, you're activating your audience. If that makes sense. Love it. We've got to think about how we're using our voices as well to activate our audience, giving them simple instructions. You don't want to ask them, what is your thoughts on the theory of Pavlov's dogs? People will, Thank, excuse me what <laughs> what you, what's it yes what? Yes. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'll see you later. You know, you want to make it very, very simple for your audience, but you want to keep them, you know, activated. And these are some of the simple things that you can actually do. So, as I said, definitely invite your audience into the conversation. Um, let them know how they can be involved, because sometimes, as I said, people don't know, and give them really simple instructions that for them, it doesn't give them much to think about, but it does activate them to want to get involved in the conversation
0: at what point in the live video do you ask for these kinds of actions is it throughout is it in the beginning is it in the end what's your thoughts
1: so when it comes to the the beginning when it's explaining how to actually share i will do that pretty much after i've done my introduction and telling them what the topic is about i don't stay very long on that and then i'll move into the main body of the content and then i'll relate it back throughout so you know you you'll take the opportunity and also what I want to say is that I want people to understand how to actually manage their live stream. So start looking at when your numbers are going up and down. You know, when you're seeing more people coming in, understanding that that means some new people have joined the conversation. And yes, this is live, but you don't stay on this very, very long. And you'll just reset and reintroduce. And you also want to reference the replay viewers so that they will as well get involved in the conversation. So it's knowing how to navigate the Live and knowing when to actually put the calls to comment in and when to actually ask your audience to engage. You don't want to be constantly repeating yourself over and over again, but you want to make sure that you're very much aware of the room that you have and also as well delivering your content in a way that your replay viewers will want to actually get involved with their own value added points as well.
0: You know, I used to go live quite a bit and I would open up with welcome to the replay And a couple of quick things because, you know, it takes a little while for people to come in. Right. So I don't know if you recommend that or not, but that that allows you to get some stuff out that nobody's going to see who's there live. Do you recommend that?
1: Yep, you can do that. You can start with a question. You can say, my question to you today is this. How do you feel about X, Y, and Z? Right. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about and then introduce yourself that way. It's, it's, you know, one of the things I want to say is that there's no hard and fast rule in how you actually do it. If you want to start with, welcome to the replay, or you want to say, start as I do. I, I have my actual power intro where I, I say the same things every time. So people get to know me for that. But you you can actually play around with it. I don't want anyone to feel that there is a one size fits all rule. What I want your audience to know is that just be mindful of the audience and See it from their viewpoint. What is going to make them say, oh, I want to hear a bit more about what Michael has to say. I want to hear a bit more about what Janine has to say in comparison to why am I here? I'm not sure what's going on. Okay, I'm off, you know. So it is about playing around with it and seeing what actually works and not being frightened to do that either.
0: So I don't know if we already answered this, but we alluded to it a little bit about sharing. Uh, Do you have any wisdom on getting people to share the live video, maybe outside of what we already talked about?
1: So what I would say is, is that you want to make sure that you, in order to inspire people to share your audience needs to feel that they are seen and that, that they are heard and that they're a part of something. So mm. simple things like saying hello and recognizing your audience by their handle or by their name, because you'll start to get to know the people that, that come back into your live regularly. Um, being welcoming and being friendly Giving strategic shout outs as well is something that works very, very well, that inspires people to share Um, and, you know, highlighting their comments and their contributions. So, for example, on Facebook and, and YouTube and other platforms outside of Instagram, you can use third party software that can help you to navigate this very well. Why? Because with the third party software, you can actually bring comments up onto the actual screen. So anytime someone feels that they are seen, that's going to make them sit up and pay a bit more of attention. I'll give you an example. I was in Facebook Live with Mari Smith about a week or so, two weeks ago, maybe. And she happened to bring my comment up onto her screen. She's using Ecamm Live. And at that very moment, what did I do? She, she mentioned my name and, and she started, you know, repositioning my comment. I screenshotted uh, and record, screen recorded for about 15 seconds. And then I uploaded it into my stories, tagged Mari. She then put it into her stories. And, you know, a simple thing like that. What's the point of me telling you? because mari had brought my comment up that was me saying oh my goodness i've been noticed and not on a physical level but on a subconscious level when people are noticed when audience members feel like they are part of what you're actually creating what you're doing they will be inspired and moved to share and it's simple little things i see way too many marketers oh i'm getting my my teacher hat on now apologies i see way too many uh, marketers where they're going live and they just are there and they're staying focused on the content and they're not understanding that they're missing something so vital by just having a conversation, just recognizing that the people that are actually coming in and also making reference to people that are on the replay, and even if it's not a case of making reference to the people on the replay, managing your live stream in a way that if somebody comes back on the replay, you're still going to be able to capture their attention. I hope this, this is making sense, what I'm saying, because I'm quite passionate about this. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: totally. I love it. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people have experienced this where they've seen, you know, the comment and the face avatar come up on the screen. And it's like, how cool is that, right? Like, yeah. even if it's not me, it's somebody in the audience and that, that they might pick my question next. Right. And Absolutely. that does create some interesting inspiration. That's like, Hey, this isn't just like some broadcast that I've turned on. This is like, this is somebody who's actually answering questions or calling out individuals that are there. And it feels a little bit more participatory and yes, engaging and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. When you do ask people to share, what do you say? Like, Outside of like click here to do this, like do you have any little phrases that you say that might inspire someone to share outside of what we talked about?
1: Pretty much what I said before, in the sense of you know, just reminding people of the opportunity to share. If you feel that this content will be beneficial to your friends, your followers, your clients, please take the opportunity to share. But again, you don't necessarily stuff people with that, your audience with that straight away. You're you're focusing on if you feel that this is beneficial you've already given the introduction you've already told them the what's in it for them we must get consistent with letting our audience know the what's in it for them and once they've actually heard the topic and you've started speaking on it and you've you've demonstrated that you're an authority within your niche because that's what we want to do you then offer them the opportunity to share and again you know you you will navigate when you need to do this at various points in the live you won't do this continuously all the way through the live, but you may do this at the beginning after your first block, which is your introduction. And then you may do this, you know, a little bit further on when you've started giving some tips and then you reset. Um, because then by that time you've started to mobilize them. They've started to get active and started to engage. And if you're starting to bring people's comments up or you're not even necessarily, you know, if it's Instagram, you don't have the opportunity to use third party software but you can still read comments. You can have a second device, your iPad, or in my case, I've got about two or three different mobiles that I will actually use if I'm not using third-party software to help me be able to see the comments. And I'll take time in my life to read some of the actual comments. Um, And if I've asked someone a question, I'll say, Sarah from at Cotton Candy Fantasy, (laughs) that's the first that came to my head, has said that she feels... Very confident with going live, but she doesn't have any time to do that because of her schedule. Right? Are any of you affected by that? Do you, you know, and you always bring people into the conversation. So you've highlighted that person. Love it. Um, you've brought them into the conversation, and then you've brought other audience members in to the conversation. So what about takes, ta- what about tagging
0: people? Um, do you recommend like you know, there's the share, and then there's also hey, if there's somebody you think needs to watch this, tag them in the comments. Do you recommend that, or would you rather try yes, to get the you share? you can.
1: You can do that. You can do that as well. Say you know. You can at mention them, tag them in the comments. If you feel that, you know, this would be beneficial to your friends, you can do that as well. I tend not to do that too, too much. Um, because the reason I think that I avoid, well, I avoid doing that is because, you know, the thing about tagging and mentions, you have to to use it with intention and not overuse it. And people are, are being called a lot on social media, aren't they? Right, right. So, yes,
0: I guess getting a share is better because there might be a message yeah. tied to it. Right. And it might be private. So there's that to it. Right.
1: Absolutely. 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 And then obviously, if you share it, you can share to people's direct message, You're giving them the opportunity and the control rather than I'm calling you to this. Is this specifically relevant to me? And it's great, you know, with the tagging, you can do that, but not too much because, you know, we're all busy and there's a lot of noise on social media. So we don't want to be making people, you know, get bombarded with notifications.
0: You mentioned uh, welcoming and calling people out. Is there any strategy in particular, that you might recommend when it comes to doing this? Because I would imagine when some people go live, they might have a lot of comments flying up on the screen. So how do they know which ones to focus in on, right?
1: Absolutely. So for me, I like to identify my community. Uh, I like them to be seen by me and for them to be seen by others. So again, it will be, you know, using emojis and using very, very simple text to highlight them. So for example, you know, if I'm live, I'll say, If there's any of my ladies that are in my Boss at Live Academy, give me a crown emoji in the comments. If you are part of Accelerate Live, give me a rocket. And if you're part of the academy and also Accelerate, give me a hashtag boss squad in the comments. And what happens is your community who are part of those programs, whatever it might be, whether it's memberships, group coaching, or just your tribe in general, they will actually be like, hey, I'm part of this, you know, the the cool kids club. So it's really good.
0: Ooh, I love this because you're sending a signal to everyone else who's there, that your customers are there.
1: Absolutely.
0: And they should be customers, but it also allows you to like say, Hey, with every comment, be sure to include this so you can call them out. Right.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So using different emojis or different phrases to identify and represent your tribe, you know, other people will see, Oh, well, actually this person, Janine, does actually have she has clients and she's got a number of people. And then what I will also do, Michael, is that when it comes to my community, you know, my customers and my clients, I will then give them strategic shout outs and I'll say hello to them. I'll say, oh, by the way, um, Michelle is uh, an, an author and she helps her clients take their book and make it a digital product. So if that's something that you're interested in, definitely give Michelle a strong follow. Michelle, put some emojis in the comments so people can see who you are because again if there's lots of comments flying up and it's all stark text it's hard to identify people so again I'm always mobilizing my community to to make sure that they stand out so they will obviously do that they'll be grateful for that so they'll then share that content out and then other people who are in the live stream will see there is a community that is you know hype and excited and happy to be you know part of that that I want to find out a bit more about that as well. So that's a great way to do that. And for people that aren't necessarily your customers and your clients, but are people that are turning up regularly and you're, you're again, using your live stream, creating the experience and deepening the connection, building the know, love and trust, you can take time to, to recognize again, certain people bring their comments onto the screen or their comment that they're actually, that they've actually said, repeating it and then putting a question to it. And like I said, you know, this is something that does come over practice, but it's extremely, extremely powerful when it comes to live video. I think a lot of people don't realize the full potential yet of live video, because you'll often hear that when it comes to what you should be doing on social media, yeah, you need to be doing stories. And obviously now we have Reels and TikTok and, you know, it's, it's about IGTV. And, and then live video tends to be at the bottom of the pecking order because people still don't really know well, they know how to go live, Michael. They know literally, you know, you get your device or whatever, you click go live, boom, there you are, real-time experience. But understanding how to actually harness the tool so it then helps them to build the communities that they have. I had a young lady, a follower, she reached out to me and she said, you know, can you use live video to grow your followers? And I said, absolutely, you can. There's a strategy and a formula for that. But let's talk about the community that you already have, the followers that you already have. Those people have already expressed an interest in one way, shape, or form in what you're doing. So focus on using live video to deepen the connection with that already inbuilt audience. Such a powerful tool. It's so, I could gush about this and talk about this all night, Michael, but I know you are a busy man. Well, Janine, this has been
0: really, I mean, a lot of tips and techniques that people have never, ever considered before. They just learned from you, which I think is awesome. If people want to follow you or they want to participate in your live videos, or they want to check out some of the stuff you've got going on, where do you want to send them?
1: well you can find me across social media you know i look for me i am coach janine and um i've got a live video challenge coming up and an amazing program accelerate live really focused on helping entrepreneurs you know up level their live video strategy and that's going to be happening next month so Connect with me via my website, bossitlive.com. There'll be lots of information there. That's going to be the best place to connect with me and get updated on all the yummy goodness that is actually coming. That is all thing live video, boss it live strategy.
0: Janine Cummings, thank you again for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insights. It was really, really awesome.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's been awesome.
0: Hey, I hope you found a lot of value out of today's podcast episode if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 428. And lastly, if you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button. And second to lastly, if there is such a thing, if you've been a long time listener, let your friends know about this show. Uh, I would love it. It would help get the word out. And if you want to tag me on Instagram, I'm at Stelzner. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. Thanks so much.